Thanks for joining us for the Long Island Sound Podcast. Each week we explore new music and dive deeper with the artists and their stories behind the music. Please subscribe and rate and review us wherever you stream this podcast. Here's your host, Steve Yusko. I have a really special episode for you today. A drummer, producer, and Tai Chi master joins me, Bill Donnelly. What a great guy. I sat down with Bill, came out with a new book called Inner Secrets. I'm halfway through the book right now. What a great read. But in this episode, we talk about the tie-in of the Tai Chi practice, the art of Tai Chi and music. And in fact, Bill brought a song to the table called Great River. Not only is it a town on Long Island, but also intertwines as you listen between the words about the art of Tai Chi. So check out the song Great River and stick around for the episode as well. You won't be disappointed.
I am really excited about today's episode. I have a returning guest who's written a book. Bill Donnelly has made an art of his life. He is a musician, composer, author, martial artist, entrepreneur, career expert, and teacher. Bill has been practicing Tai Chi for over 25 years. He teaches the philosophical health and martial elements of the art, which he studied and developed in addition to Kung Fu. I tell you, it's really amazing. I just started reading the book and I'm going to recommend it, but we're going to dive into that. We're going to dive into music. Uh, he's not only an author, he's a musician as well. And we'll cover some of that uh, in this episode. And I want to welcome Bill Donnelly to the Long Island Sound podcast once again. Welcome, Bill. So good to see you. It's great to see you again, Steve. I, I've been listening to some of your other episodes and uh, it's amazing what you've been able to uncover in terms of the talent here on Long Island. And the stories that everybody has has, has been fascinating and uh, inspirational. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that very much. I tell you, I, I am amazed. You know, you can read somebody's bio and or meet them and not unpack uh, all their great experiences. And sometimes just sitting down one on one. Uh, things come to mind, and, and I've, I've heard some really left-field stories that have been so charming and so insightful to life. But when I heard, i got to be frank with you, um, when we met, I met your brother, and, uh, you know, then all of a sudden, I don't know who told me that you were a, a Tai Chi, a, a Saifu? What's what's the... Uh, Sifu. Uh, Sifu. Yeah. Sifu, by the way, I did a little bit of my homework. That means teacher, father. And uh, there's so many great elements. I started reading the book a few days ago, and it's an easy read. Uh, let me tell you that. Well, first, let me tell our audience about the book. It's called Inner Secrets, Discovering Tai Chi's Hidden Lessons for Preservation, Protection, and Peace of Mind. Now, I got to tell you something, Bill, and I'll stop talking and I'll open it up to you. But I had a real misconception about Tai Chi uh, and I'd like to tell, I'd like you to tell the audience what it's not. Yeah, what, what it's not is, uh, it's, it's not just something that old people do. Um, it's not just something that you do slowly. And, um, it's not this, you know, freaky new age, uh, thing, uh, that, that people tend to think it is. Uh, and, and I, have been uh, mischaracterized as a kind of a, a, a new age type of person uh, by people that have seen me perform it. I'm, uh, I've, I've literally practiced, uh, you know, in different countries and different states. So what, what Tai Chi is not is, uh, it, it's not just this thing that's practiced by old people slowly. Um, and, and to be honest, Steve, that, that's kind of what I thought it was too. Um, I was actually training in Kung Fu for a couple of years and uh, I used to walk right by the Tai Chi class and thought nothing of it. You know, I'll take a chance. I'll do this. It'll be a warm up, and then I'll go do the real thing. Right. 
Right. And um, that class kicked my ass. Um, really? Started, yes. Um, and I started to realize that, you know, there, there was truly a lot more to it. So, um, you know, Oscar Wilde said, the art is to conceal the art. And, mm. uh, and that really describes Tai Chi because it, it appears that you're really doing nothing. But when you actually start to try to learn those movements and do it correctly, um, you realize that there is a lot more to it. It's very subtle. It's very nuanced. Um, and it has a profound impact um, on you, not only physically, but but mentally as well. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I actually took some advice, and you may not have known you you had given it to me, um, but I never used. I used to wake up in the morning, grab the cup of coffee, you know, uh, do all the hygiene stuff, jump in the car, and run to work. And a, a few months ago, I stopped and said, you know what? Let me go outside. Let me take a breath. Take take the environment and take a breath whether it's warm or cold, and just kind of um, settle myself uh, be before the day began. And I don't know if that's Tai Chi, but it's certainly um, put me in a different perspective, at least to start the day most days. It's great to hear that you're doing that. Um, yeah, it wouldn't be considered Tai Chi, but it would be considered Qigong. And Qigong, um, Tai Chi is Qigong, but Qigong is... Tai Chi is Qigong, but Qigong is not Tai Chi. And uh, so what does that mean? Qi is uh, intrinsic energy. So um, it's it's uh, energy that basically exists within anything that's animated with life. Mm -hmm. And Gong means work. So what, what you're doing is, is energy work. And so... Um, just getting out in the morning and, and doing some breathing. Um, I also, you know, I do the same thing and I start like a lunatic really early in the morning, um, partially because of my schedule, but um, the benefit to that is, you know, as night becomes day uh, and the light starts, the natural light starts to um, rise with the sunrise, the birds start chirping. It, it's a euphoric experience. Um, the book, one of the things that um, I think I did naturally was uh, incorporate some of the elements of uh, music. You know, just being a musician, it's, it's something that I'm conscious and aware of. Um, and I've taught musicians over the years. Um, mm. There's an example, and, and there's a, a small appendix that I, I um, have specifically for musicians. But in it, there's a story that I tell about somebody who was starting the train with me and wasn't practicing so um when they showed up you know for their next lesson and i said have you practiced as well no and they had an ailment a, a serious ailment at the time um and so i said let me ask you a question you're a serious musician right absolutely said, do you ever walk on stage without tuning up your instrument no mm -hmm. why would i ever do that but we start our day without tuning ourselves why would we ever do that so right. it, it 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 was um i i'm really happy to hear that you're doing that because 
I, I find that the days that I do that are the good days. Um, and if I miss it, I can maybe be okay. But, um, but I certainly feel very different when mm -hmm. I don't start my day that way. And um, one of the things that comes to mind is, gee, is this how people walk around all the time? I can physically feel the difference uh, and it doesn't feel great to me. Now, you know what's interesting about your book? It's not a how-to book, how to do Tai Chi. I mean, uh, I don't even know if that's possible uh, because there's so many lessons and it sounds like a life journey uh, where you're constantly uh, putting in the application of Tai Chi. But I was like, and I'm a ki I was a kid in school, which, uh, you know, when I was in trig trigonometry class, you know, why am I, I want to always know, why, why am I doing this? Am I ever going to use it? And I found uh, in the preface of your book, where you talk about you know, just the challenges of living in today's world, where there's so much division coming out of uh, quarantine uh, and all these complications, how can you how can you take control of your life and your well-being and your health? You know, it's got to start with you, right? Um, but you also have to know where the goal is, where you know. What, what am I going to get out of this? You know, I, and and I'm glad that you explained that it's just not old people in the park moving moving slowly. That's more to it. But if you can do an elevator pitch of why Tai Chi, what would it be? Um, you know, I would I would what why it was for me was um, because I I found that it suited my lifestyle really well. I started training in Kung Fu, you know, pretty late in life. So, um, and, and, you know, um, and, and even the, the genesis of that was, you know, a life-threatening event um, right. that we face that, that opens the book. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, but, but starting at that stage of life that I was in, you know, am I going to do the jumping, flying kicks and all that stuff? No, probably not. And and I'm not a, a big muscular guy, so you know I don't I don't necessarily have a, a place of strength, right? Um, I've never been a gym monkey. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I just that's just not who I am. Um, and when I train, um, you know, just lifting weights or, and things like that is, it's just not enough. And and I don't I don't uh, I, I, I don't judge anybody who does do that, but it's just not for me. I like to learn a skill, um, and, and I like to uh, do things that have purpose. And um, so, what I found uh, really intriguing about this was that there is nothing in the Tai Chi form that should be there. It's been basically eliminated through trial and error and challenges over hundreds and hundreds of years so if there was anything that was superfluous or ineffective um it it was removed uh either through fights uh or they just found that through the evolving science of um, of tai chi that that it wasn't a beneficial thing to do so even in the opening uh, is not just an opening it has purpose i like that uh, sure i i tend to be the type of person who looks behind things for meaning in everything that I do, in the books that I read, and, uh, in the music that I listen to, even looking at art in conversations. 
I, I like to, to learn more than that. So um, for me, if, if you're a person that tends to like things that have, you know, depth and, and seems to be, you know, without borders, then it's mm. a great, it's a great thing. I get the same thing from drumming and music where there's always more to learn and more to do. And in doing that, I can continue to evolve as a person. So if I were to say one thing, it would certainly be that, but also I think that, um, you know, as, as we age, um, you know, our, our bodies can only do so much. And, um, what I've always called Tai Chi, you know, and I still practice Kung Fu, by the way, but, okay. but Tai Chi is, is the thing that, um, I'll do until my last hours. And, uh, I, to use an investment term, um, Tai Chi is my buy and hold strategy. You know, it's the blue chip stock for me. Um, nice. so you can do it. And, um, you know, as we age, we start to lose, uh, muscle mass. Right, you right. see that in older people, uh, and you can lift weights uh, for only so long, but that's going to go away. But the thing about Tai Chi is, it trains intention. Intention doesn't diminish, and you, if you learn how to focus, you can focus your energy. Then, even as an older person with diminished muscle mass, you can still be capable of generating power. Interesting. You know what I found interesting in looking at, so a couple of things time-wise, you know, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, Bill spent 25 years developing this. It's it's too late for me. That that was in my mind. That's the negative me. It, it comes up every once in a while when I try to push that, that type of chi down. Uh, but I also saw the table that you have in the book, which really predate, you know, it goes a thousand years B.C., in in the the, the changes in uh, Tai Chi and the, the different progression, but what fascinated me as well was, uh, you know, between uh, the mysticism of the Eastern culture because we're Western people, in Western culture, it really didn't come in come to the United Province of the United States till the 1960s. You know, when when I was born, so that was that was kind of uh, astonishing to me that that us Westerners didn't really get a chance at it until the, until the 60s, you know, and it's grown from there. Yeah, I, I would say that, um, you know, we have to remember that China was a closed society, um, really, for quite a long time. Um, anybody that had immigrated here um, was put to work. Um, and and I, uh, for lack of a better word, I would say, you know, slave labor, right? Um, sure. The West Coast. Um, of, of America, there was a large Chinese population, and you know, most famously, Bruce Lee arrived in the late '60s, and and really, his whole mission was to try to break perception of uh, the Chinaman. But um, yeah, Tai Chi uh, was even really in closed societies in China. It was Ooh. developed during a Warring States period, and so we have to remember that you know, different villages and towns. Um, were made up of families primarily, and um, they had to protect themselves. So they did not share their methods with okay. any outsiders. And um, so it, it, there was a lot of secrecy. It really only started to come out really over the last few decades. Um, and there was a lot of 
scholars that are, are going back and, and, and reading uh, some ancient documents, some that were written on slabs of bamboo and, and um, you know, trying to really uh, decipher some of that. And, and they think that there's a lot lost, but they're trying to preserve uh, what was found. Right. Now, what's interesting in looking at the history of it, of how it was passed down, really in, in a clan or a family would be my assumption. What has changed today as far as somebody is in, somebody reads your book, all right? Let me just show that inner secrets, okay? And they learn the why, they learn your story. You know, uh, I'm in California, I'm in Texas. What would I do to say, you know what, I'm interested in this. Where would you go? I mean, how would you find somebody yes. that could be your, your Tai Chi person? It's, it's a it's a good question. I, I would say that, uh, you know, they can be found through traditional, you know, directories and, and things like that. And, and there are uh, some sites, um, Violet Lee, who um, had, uh, you know, written the, the preface for the book. I, I believe that at her site, she's, um, she's listed a lot of um, teachers in, in the different states that are there. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, they are there. Um, I think the, the bigger challenge is, is trying to find the, the right teacher. Um, I see. You know, one of, one of the things that, that my Sifu had done for me uh, probably about a year or two into my teaching, you know, I, at this point I had been training with him for, you know, quite a few years. But when I started teaching Tai Chi, um, which, you know, I wasn't very good at it in the, in the beginning. Um, sure. You know, he um, he threw me on the floor and said, you're going to start teaching this class now. And <laughs> uh, this is Sifu Kaparos and, uh, of Green Cloud. And he put me on the floor and made me start teaching. And within the first few weeks, I lost every student that was there. Really? Oh, my yeah. God. So I came maybe four weeks into an empty room. And, uh, you know, I give him a lot of credit because... When you're running a business, you don't want people walking out the door and not coming back. But right. he, um, you know, he just said, just just keep doing it, and uh, and and it rebuilt. But so for me, what I had to do for myself was learn how to teach. Um, I had to learn more about the theory, learn more about the history, um, and in in really take on a more scholarly approach. Um, mm. But there are there and there are some really good teachers out there. Uh, there's some good teachers on Long Island. There's certainly great teachers in the New York area. But there are also others that are shallow in their approach and uh, they don't have a lineage. Uh, they don't have an understanding. And so they do what they think is Tai Chi. But mm. it's almost like the person who plays a musical instrument who doesn't have a lot of training and maybe only knows a couple of chords. It sounds good, but it doesn't necessarily have the depth of music. So, you know, um, you know, my brother does a lot of like these solo, you know, solo guitar vocal things, um, and, he, and he does very well at it. And, you know, of course, you know, he's my brother, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be biased. But, but, um, but where I think he has a distinction um, in that world is in the quality of his playing, because. He doesn't just know the three chords for a pop song. He's played mm. 
you know, jazz music. He's had some classical in his background. And so, you know, if anybody's paying attention, there, there's more depth to that. So what, those are things that I look for. And in the Tai Chi world, it's exactly the same thing. There could be a surface understanding, but if it, that's just it, they're, they're not going to be an effective teacher. You know, what's fascinating about your story, and I've used this phrase before, you know, I'm a, I was a disaster before I became a master, and you literally are a master yeah. at this. And then I was reminiscing about, uh, you know, piano lessons. And, uh, you know, you take your child to guitar or piano lessons. And uh, for me, it was just the one, the one teacher, Mrs. Wallace. I still remember, uh, I'm sure she's way gone by now, uh, Mrs. Wallace. But I, I think it's interesting to take the perspective to look at finding the right teacher, the right master, to understand the student, to um, have that conversation, like the conversation that you had, and not just jump into a class of teaching piano and see if they take to it. You know, I think finding that right teacher who's going to understand the nuances of a student like myself who didn't have an attention span of a, of a mature flea, but, uh, you know, I stuck with it. Uh, it was painful, though. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think that's kind of key, finding the right person. Uh, yeah, to uh, I, bring you. I do agree. Uh, they have to have the right temperament. Uh, you know, when when I started training um, in this school, it wasn't just me; it was myself and my wife. And you know, there were some uh, kung fu teachers, karate teachers, or martial arts in general who, you know, are just you know they could be bullies, um, where they they use intimidation. Um, you know, sifu gus. Um, you know, he would just just make a small adjustment. So he he, uh, you know, I, I I really really admire and respect how he teaches. He's he's really fantastic. Um, when I was training, you know, when I was you know I was I was learning Tai Chi, but I was learning Kung Fu, and they meet in the middle. Um, okay. But but making that connection is hard, um, and and it took me a long time. Uh, but I would ask him a question about, you know, a Tai Chi application, and he would give me 10 answers and, um, you know, about all the things that you can do. So that's that's what you want. Right. And uh, and I, I eat that stuff up. So, you know, you know I, I want to learn more. I got this question for you, Bill. You know, we all as I'm getting older, you know, you'll learn about your body. It's been with you forever. Uh, sometimes when you stress your body the wrong way, you, you've got a pain and you're like, oh, yeah, I, I shouldn't have done that. Tell me how Tai Chi has helped you with one balance in life and health and with with your own body, uh, because or, and this is totally from uh, an amateur's perspective. You're doing a lot of moves. I mean, I was just thinking about this this morning. You know, it's like, gee, you know what? I haven't really lifted my arms up. Lot, you know, like this, and then you go, well, wait a second, I don't have that flexibility that, that I had when I was 50, you know? So tell me about that. So, um, it, you know, I would say that in terms of, of uh, what it can do for you, I think is what you're asking. Yeah. Um, and so the, there's two ways of training in martial arts, um, what they call external and internal. Okay. okay. So external, if we look at a, a really, 
you know, uh, kind of basic example is you, you look at karate, uh, you know, karate guys are like, oh, yeah, and it's very, very muscular, right? So they train, mm -hmm. train for muscle, muscle in Kung Fu an external style may be the tiger style where they use a lot in the forearms, and, you know, it's, it's very powerful. It's very strong, but then you have internal styles. Okay. And Tai Chi, uh, Bagua, which is a Kung Fu, Shingi, which is a Kung Fu, uh, are all internal styles. So what's the difference? So the, so the external styles train the outside in and Tai Chi, uh, trains from the inside out. So, what that means is you start from a place of total relaxation and then you only add enough tension to actually generate the movement. So Ooh. the first thing you learn and the first thing you have to learn when I teach, the first thing I teach is relaxation. That's the thing that, believe it or not, that most people, they, they, they don't have that inherently. We actually carry around a lot of stress every day. And it is the stress that is the cause of a lot of uh, illness. Illness, yeah, sure. And aging. So we want to, the first thing to do is learn how to relax the body. And then from that place of relaxation, we start to build on that with, with simple movements. We start to stretch. We start to figure out how to use our legs how to move, how to balance. And then you just continue to build on this over a long, long period of time. Then you may learn the applications, which I, I teach and I, I actually recommend that somebody, even if they don't want to learn how to fight, just learn the application so that they understand the meaning of the movement. And then if they go beyond that, then you start to actually work on um, you know, uh, what they call push hand, pushing hands, which is, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a sparring drill that, you know, you're not going to get hit. Um, but it does now up the level. Um, you could go into sparring. You could go into freeform sparring with Tai Chi if you want to. Mm. You train in weapons. So what happens is, is that in all of these, you start to... Um, you know, start from a place of relaxation or meditation. And then over time, you're, you're upping your level of uh, physical engagement. Uh, and then if you train in the martial element, you're actually increasing your level, the level of pressure that you have to work under. But you're learning how to work under pressure from a place of calm. So to, in terms of balance, you are achieving balance both in a physical state. Mm -hmm. If we look at it, we could get into, you know, yin yang, which is uh, corresponding opposites. It's encoded right. into the form of multiple levels. And I, I've been doing um, some book speaking uh, engagements, book signings. And one of the things I do is show one example from the form that, you know, anybody can learn. It's easy enough to do. But we look at how many corresponding opposites are encoded into this one thing and the levels are it it's upwards i mean the simple example is probably upwards of you know 10 different representations of yin yang in one form so you know so you're balancing corresponding opposites even mm -hmm. in your breathing we breathe sure. in we have to breathe out 
right? If we, if we take a right step, we have to take a left step. So we're always in a place where we need to balance. And so what happens is, is that in training this form, you learn how to balance within yourself. You learn how to balance physically. You learn how to balance mentally, emotionally, even spiritually. And then from that place, you learn how to balance with the outer world and mm. everything that's going on there. And it helps you maintain your composure with everything that's going on. Interesting. You know, we have a lot of um, music lovers, obviously, listening to the Long Island Sound. But let's do this. Let's take a break. And when we come back, I'd love you to talk about how Tai Chi has influenced your music and vice versa. And then, yeah, get into like the daily life stuff. You know, you're in finance and all these other things, how it's played a role and uh, how it affected your life. So uh, everybody stick around with us. We're with Bill Donnelly and the book before I forget is called Inner Secrets, Discovering Tai Chi's Hidden Lessons for Preservation, Protection, and What I Need a Lot. I think you do is peace of mind. We'll be right back with Bill. Are you ready for the ultimate podcasting adventure? The Long Island Sound Podcast offers you not one, but two ways to engage with our captivating content. Tune in to our audio podcast on your favorite platform and let your imagination paint vivid pictures of Long Island stories. Or if you're craving a visual feast, catch our video podcasts on Spotify and on the Long Island Sound YouTube channel. Double the options, double the excitement. We're back with Bill Donnelly, and this is Steve Yusko, your not-so-humble host from Long Island Sound. And we're talking about Bill's book uh, called Inner Secrets about Tai Chi. Bill, i got to ask you this. How long in the making was this book? Well, uh, it, it took me five years um, to wow. write, but it was because I was trying to do this while also you know, doing everything else and, and uh, you know, having a family life and, you know, working and, and doing all these other things. So um, it did take time. And, you know, this is the first first book I've ever written. So I was really learning by doing and, uh, and that took some time as well. But I, I didn't have um, a short horizon either. So you know, the Christmas holidays and summers, uh, I would take off and just kind of put it down a little bit. And, um, you know, I was actually glad that I, I took that time because it really allowed me to, to, uh, to, to think more about what I was doing, to really mm. uh, try to distill the message. Um, and again, over, over time, over the last five years, a lot has happened in the world. So, um, you know, I, it was things that I could take into consideration while I was putting this together. The one thing I want to touch on for the audience who's just meeting you, Bill, for the first time, Bill has been a prior guest here on the Long Island Sound. He's a drummer, percussionist, uh, producer. Uh, he has this project that he's put together year after year. I think it's year after year called Albums We Love, where uh, he sits down with his compatriots and they pick out an album they love. And they play it uh, from cover to cover. And he's got some fine musicians, including uh, Brother Dan in there and Stephen uh, Stephen Lucas, is it? Yes, yeah, uh, Joe Lucas. And uh, 
I, I saw a couple of the albums you, you did. You did Eric Clapton's Slow Hand, and uh, we saw you at the um, uh, the uh, Oakdale Yacht Club, and it was really great. It was really uh, a, a great project, and I uh, I applaud you for it because uh, I can't wait to find out what you're uh, what you're going to do next with that. So I just want to give a little teaser to the audience. You want to learn more about uh, Bill as far as. Uh, the other dimension of, of Bill in music, uh, look up that episode on the Long Island Sound. But before the break, Bill, uh, I want to understand how uh, practicing the art of Tai Chi affected music and vice versa and and life in general in, in, in you know, what you do in, in your uh, your day job, so to speak. How has it, how's it changed what you do, I guess? Well, it... it um... You know, uh, I, I wanted to actually study martial arts before I became a musician. Um, when okay. I was a kid, um, you know, when the other kids were watching Batman, I used to watch the Green Hornet for that 10 seconds that Bruce Lee would explode <laughs> on stage, right? And he would save the Green Hornet. Um, and I, I, I was just fascinated by that. But there were no Kung Fu schools around. And so, uh, and, and I didn't want to, do karate or judo it just just wasn't my interest so okay uh, it was it was going to be kung fu or nothing and so it was nothing for a long time i started to then uh practice drums as it turns out uh, my first you know serious drum teacher also had a background in martial arts but we didn't really move down that path very much but but there are certain things that i think that he brought to uh, those lessons that I could see as correlations. Um, when I, I, and I trained for a long time in drumming, you know, and I've studied with some great guys who I think we really talked about in the last episode. So, uh, so we won't get into that, but what, what I found um, that there were, there were a few things that, that I've learned and I'm continuing to learn uh, what the benefits are. First, um, there was, um, just the physical benefit of it, right? Playing drums is a very physical instrument. Um, and so we want to really be in, in the best condition we can be in in order to play well, if nothing else. Um, I also noticed that, you know, we were talking about relaxation before. And mm -hmm. what I noticed was that just the way, you know, my hands would where I would just relax and I would let the weight of the hand come down as opposed to trying to drive it, it down or drive it down. So yeah. it was starting to change my, my physical approach. My breathing changed. Um, and over time, I, I, I've, I've been working to, you know, better understand um, how music and martial arts uh, come together. Um, mm -hmm. And they do, uh, and a lot of it is is in uh, movement, uh, you know. Which, um, you know, it, life is creation and movement, right? Um, so we're, we're we're everything is always moving. And what I've learned from Tai Chi is is to have that movement, to have agility in thinking, to always be, uh, you know, unfettered in in the approach. Um, in, in some of the uh, Zen books, they, they talk about the, uh, you know, if you ever see like the, uh, the like some of the old Indian 
goddesses and they've got a thousand hands and they all have all these different objects and you know and i would look at it and never never really knew what it meant so what 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 you're saying is is that because the mind is moving it can mm. hold all of these objects but as soon as the mind rests on one object the other 999 objects are going to fall because the mind is not um you know, moving in a way that's going to keep all of this going. So you learn how to do that in martial arts, but you really also learn how to do it as a musician. Uh, we just don't really put that together. So they're mutually, they're, they're feeding on each other. And, and I think that the quality of one will enhance the other. As a musician, I find that if I'm, uh, if I'm kind of in a, a, a pure mental and physical state, you know, where I feel good and, and mm -hmm. I feel clean and open, I'm more creative. I'm, I feel that I'm, the, the music has better flow. As a drummer, I feel like I'm playing more naturally. Um, I, I, I practice and teach Tai Chi with rhythm um, everywhere from, from a metronome to, to actual music. And mm. You know, as drummers, you know, um, and which is probably the best example, but really all musicians, even guitar players, if they're strumming, there's a, a an area, this space that's being traveled by their hands, the strum or, or piano player, as they're resting their hands, drummers uh, are raising and lowering the stick, but it's only about, you know, a foot, right? About 12 inches. Um, so you can monitor that space and the time that your body is moving through that space but if you're working a tai chi form with a metronome marking of 30 which is agonizingly slow for musicians it's right. actually kind of fast for tai chi and now i'm not just moving my hand or my arm by 12 inches now i've got to move it across this wider span of space and i've got to measure between the beats how am I going to get there? And so really forces me to concentrate. What I find is that by doing that, I'm now training my whole body to move in time. Oh, interesting. And I started to really then look into, well, you know, drummers, you know, in the, in the old days, like in the 20s and 30s and 40s, you know, most of the drummers, most musicians, actors, I'm, they didn't just play their instruments. They they danced also. So Buddy Rich was a dancer, but even more modern players, Steve Gadd, you know the famous studio drummer, was a tap dancer. Uh, Omar Hakim, who a lot of people know, uh, loves to dance. Questlove, um, when he was going to school, had to learn how to dance. Uh, Steve Ferroni. So there there were a lot of uh, really great drummers who have this natural sense of time and this great sense of groove. And it turns out that they were also dancers. So um, I, I would not consider myself a dancer at all, uh, you know, except at weddings. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and I've never trained in classical, although uh, I'm going to learn tango. But uh, <laughs> nice. so, so Tai Chi to me was the easiest way to um, kind of get the same benefits without learning the Foxtrot. Nice. I want to talk about, you know, you brought up about 
relaxation and balance. Um, I certainly see that. I'm always intrigued when I watch musicians on stage, how they communicate with each other. You're communicating through rhythm, keep people in time. There's the ebb and flow of parts of people who fill in, the ebb and flow of silence or like the tide going out. I find that so interesting, but I want to tie it to something that I experienced even in public speaking when it comes to being in tune with yourself and being relaxed. I found that, and and this I believe, and tell me if I'm wrong, feel free, uh, is as we practice things, as I'm practicing my, my speaking on, on this podcast or, or public speaking, over time in repetition, I become more relaxed and transparent and I could emote, personally emote and be myself. And uh, it becomes enjoyable. And uh, where public speaking can be one of the most frightening things uh, for people. Uh, I, I, I look forward to it. It doesn't mean I, I don't not get nervous uh, at certain times. But as I'm getting older through repetition, I'm fine. You know what? I am a little bit more relaxed at this and I will flub, but then I'll bounce back at it. So um, I, I just find the balance aspect and the relaxation such an important part of, of the why of, uh, of Tai Chi. Yeah, it is. And um, I, I would say that uh, if you're, you know, generally a relaxed person, you can put other people at ease as well. And uh, I think certainly if you're a speaker, um, that's important to be able to do. Certainly as a musician, you know, for me as a drummer, the first thing I need to do is, is make the others feel comfortable, especially the singers, because they're, they're right. the ones that really are communicating a lot. Um, and if they're not, if they don't feel like you have their back, uh, it's going to be hard for them to commit doing the way, to doing what they're doing. So I think that um, having a relaxed approach is, uh, is, is just better all around. I, I, I haven't seen too many things get solved by um, people that are overly tense um, at, at all, really. Yeah, come to think of it. I got, a qu I got another question for you. These things kind of pop into my head, so I'm sorry. They just they kind of come. The concept of chi... Uh, from what I understand, it's, it has to do with energy uh, in many different things, the earth, the water, the flame, what have you. Do you control your own chi? So, um, yes. And I don't even know if, is that, is that an appropriate yeah. question? I don't know. Okay. No, it is, it's, a, it's a great question. Um, and, and the answer is yes. And that's really what Tai Chi training is about. So um, it's really interesting that you even that, that you you kind of put these two things together because we're talking about relaxation and then you know and then chi right so you want to be relaxed but how do you how do you be relaxed and still be energetic right and see that was the thing like when I took that first class so you know I talked about like the physical workout but but um, you know the example I give is that you know think about those days when you, you wake up you get out of bed and you know you just feel good right? You, you, you feel good when you get out of bed and you're going through the day and you're just sort of saying the right thing to the right person and you're just connecting here and, 
everything you're thinking is just very lucid and every the day just flows and you're like, man, it was a great day. You know, I used to have those about once a year. I would have those, right? I miss, and, I miss, the, I miss those days. <laughs> yeah. I would have it, you know, once a year. But, um, but I started to find that when I was training in Tai Chi, I was starting to have those a lot more often, and I like those days. So, um, so chi. So yes, um, you, so acupuncture is a good, a good probably visual example for a lot of people about that's what they're doing. They're manipulating chi because uh, the okay. needles are metal. Metal's a conductor, right? So you know every cell of blood has an electrical charge, and and using that conductor, they're pooling the energy into the areas that they're looking to heal. So mm. it can be done. Um, and so what what we are doing is there, there's a lot to it. So I'm going to try to uh, just encapsulate it as best I can. But um, but basically what happens is when you're training in Tai Chi, what, what we're doing is, is by relaxing, we're actually kind of letting everything set and sink. Your midsection below your belly button, um, there is a, um, there's, there's a makeup of muscle fat and water. That's actually the ideal environment to store energy. So what happens is, is that in your center, which now they're discovering and, and studying more, it has a, what they're calling a second brain, which is not conscious thought, but, mm. but it functions like the brain. It's holding this energy. Now, if I'm going to reach for, say, a glass of water, right, I'm thinking about that extension. So if I'm, if you're if you're doing that, you have to direct the energy up through your arm, your hand, and your fingers to actually get that um, get, get that function to happen. So we do it already. But in what we're doing through Tai Chi is we're really learning how to concentrate that more. Mm -hmm. um, so you know you start to learn how to do things. You know, like I when I, when I work with older people. You know, maybe they have to, you know, push through a heavy door um, and, you, you know, they struggle sometimes because it's, you know, there's a lot of resistance in those doors. But if you think about it the right way and you learn how to drive your energy in a certain way, then what's happening is, is you're focusing your intention. You're focusing that energy and it's not disparate. It's not all over the place. It's very function, a uh, very focused rather. And, um, and that is where you start to generate power. Hmm. Interesting. You know, I, I was thinking about Tai Chi and where I think as a novice, I can get confused by thinking it's some sort of new age mystical approach to things, which it's not. But what I was thinking about, and as you're explaining the art to me, is this can fit into so many different lifestyles and improve your golf game. I don't play golf. Okay. Um, but it's not, a, I don't find it objectionable uh, to my Christian beliefs by any means. In fact, I see parallels through, through prayer and, and centering and, and, you know, taking that time to retreat, you know, once a year to, to collect your mind, uh, which you can do on a daily basis, but people don't allow themselves often. Uh, I'm sure people who practice your art uh, do that very mindfully. But I can see where this 
interwoves through many lifestyles, uh, male or female or what have you. But I have a qu another question for you that just popped into my mind. It happens. Um, is, can you be too young to start Tai Chi? Like, can a five-year-old do Tai Chi? No, actually, um, in, in China, they, they train young kids. And, and actually, a friend of mine who lives here now, but she was in Hong Kong when she went to school. She, she trained as a young person. Um, and my daughter, when she was young, um, you know, I would sort of train her. I would do it in, in ways of games. And, you know, um, you have to remember that, you know, 1,100 years ago, people mostly were illiterate. So uh, they mm -hmm. used uh, monomics, right, to teach. So they say, oh, you know, this is, we're moving like a cloud. And, and, and they do those things. Well, that's a great image for a kid. Um, and you can you can actually just create little stories using the images to get them to move and, and just keep it fun and playful. Um, it, it, it's absolutely a thing. And, you know, you, you, you bring up an interesting thing about, um, you know, it, it's spiritual without being, you know, dogmatic or religious. And Good you're point. right. right. Good um, words. Um, it's um, the thing is, and, and again, you know, this is a th one of the things that really fascinated me about it. And I, I had zero awareness of it at the time. But um, um, Tai Chi is based on three things. It's based on, um, it's a system of health, it's, it's, uh, it's a philosophy, and it's a fighting art. The uh, philosophy is Taoism. Taoism is simply the study of nature. And, and mm -hmm. all of the premise is, is based on just the natural phenomenon that exists around us. So that's you know, as non-religious as you can be, it's also the most accessible thing. Uh, right. Qigong is the science of religion, uh, science of nature, rather. And so they, they inform Tai Chi, which basically is based on the premise of nature. I like that because, um, you know, I, um, I, I'm not a theologist, but I have, you know, read about different religions. I've, I've read uh, different philosophy books, like the Stoics and, and things like that. What I find is, is that all of those um, ancient arcane texts really are all pointing to a lot of basic truths, but they're just doing it in a different way. They're all related. Right, right. You know, it's just as you were mentioning that, I was thinking of uh, the famous friar, uh, Thomas Merton, uh, who was a monk in, uh, I think, Kentucky. Uh, uh, who is, uh, he's got an interesting, uh, Seven Story Mountains is a great book uh, to read. But he was uh, investigating um, uh, Eastern Eastern philosophies, uh, unfortunately, before his untimely death. Um, so I could definitely see the parallels of different practices to kind of open you up to these things because um, as a Christian, uh, you know, very rarely do we talk about the body uh, of of taking care of our health through uh, dogma or lessons or stuff. Maybe it, it bleeds in, but this is just my experience. There's not been a very purposeful thing to say, "Hey, take care of this uh, the shell you've been given," uh, because it's it, we're all we're all interwired here, and you can't you know you can focus on the mind, but you can't ignore the body, you know, uh, with everything. And that's what's interesting about the balance of of the art. 
Let me ask you this, Bill. How is, before getting into Tai Chi, the bill before Tai Chi and the bill in the midst of Tai Chi, how has it changed you? And how has it changed your relationships? How's that? Yeah, it's uh, it's changed. You know, studying studying kung fu, studying tai chi um, has changed me a lot. Um, um, as did music, uh, which mm. I probably studied for about fifteen or seventeen years before that. But um, but um, my uh, my teenage life um, into my early twenties were were not easy. A lot of things happened that uh, weren't good and uh, okay. that were on my control. Um, and, um, I, you know, I, I just find that, you know, we all go through these trials, um, some more than others. And uh, you can you can choose the way you respond. Uh, I noticed, uh, you know, some people are, they can be bulldozed over by, by life events, uh, sure. which I talk about in the book, by the way, and I think is, is worth noting that because, um, it's important. Um, but, um, but, but I, I chose to get beyond that. I wanted to, uh, you know, change my circumstances, but the driver for that, you know, was mostly anger. And so I, you know, I was a person that carried a lot of frustration with me. Uh, you know, I was quick to lash out. I was, I, I have a black belt in sarcasm. I'm, you know, and I've tried to, you know, pull that back. I knew, I, I knew you had that skill. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I think I got a double black belt in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, uh, and that's sort of, you know, the sarcasm is, is probably the, um, uh, you know, the, the, the last remnants of, of that person. But, uh, okay. but you know, it, it, it wasn't easy. And I don't think I was always easy to be around. Um, so it, mm. it did, it did uh, change me a lot. Um, you know, emotionally, I, I, I balanced out a lot. Um, I really Great. started to develop a perspective of the world, you know. Uh, uh, and, and again, that's one of the things that, you know, is covered in the book. I talk about emotional balance uh, because I thought that, that that was something that really was very helpful for me uh, that I arrived at um, mm-hmm. and also talk about virtue, inner strength. And, you know, there's a, you, you can look at your life circumstances differently um, with training. Maybe that's the thing, Steve, that I could tell you has been the most important thing for me is that mm-hmm. um, we are all subjected to the ups and downs of life. And, you know, you can watch, if you watch the news, you know, every night or something like that, you know, it can really, really do you in. Um, right, sure, put you in a dark, on. dark place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's, you know, uh, it's something that I, I, I've been talking about quite a lot lately is that you, we have, um, you know, accelerating technology, we have rampant media, we have the cost of healthcare, we, you know, we have an increase in violence. We, you know, we, we have a, a dramatic economic shifts. We have environmental problems. We have increased violence. We have, inc- you know, we have wars. We have all this stuff going on. How do you deal with all of that? So if, if it's constantly coming at us and we don't have a, a place to go to, 
um, then you know you, we can get caught in almost getting like getting caught in the waves, you know, in, in the ocean, right. and you kind of you know in a riptide, it, it, right, and it, and it knocks you around. So what I propose is a practice, a daily practice that you know can get you to a place where you you have uh, what I call uh, a, a, you know allows you to be a sovereign participant in life. Okay. Nice. What does that mean? Sovereign is, you know, self-governance, right? I want to make my own decisions. I want to have my own place. I want to live to my own values. Even if the laws change, I can still live to my own values. I can still keep them intact. Yeah. Pursue my ideals. But sovereignty in the extreme can be isolation. So we don't want that, right? But then people, if we're participating in the world, which we must, because we can't be hermits, um, we have to live a realistic life. But at the same time, we don't want to get trapped into groupthink. We're just following trends. We're just being, uh, you know, subjected to whatever is handed to us. So, you know, I, I said sovereign balance uh, one time, and I, and I started getting a lot of responses to it because I think it actually resonates. Nice. I want to self-govern as I participate in the world. So. I can do the things that a lot of other people do. I just want to do it my way. Right. Hey, let's do this, Bill. Let's take a quick break. And I'd like to expand upon, uh, you talk about a mantra. And as I was reading it, I think I had already developed a mantra. So I'm going to ask you when we come back to validate or say I'm way off. But uh, let's just take a quick break and we'll be back with Bill Donnelly talking about inner secrets of Tai Chi. Very interesting stuff. We'll be right back, everybody. The Long Island Sound is here to help you connect with local artists. Follow us on Instagram for the latest up-to-date podcast episodes and also to connect with your local artists and their upcoming shows. Everybody, we're back with uh, Bill Donnelly and we're talking about Tai Chi. And I tell you, my mind has been opened to what Tai Chi is, what it's not, how it can be so helpful to our lives. And this book that Bill has written really tells us the why of Tai Chi. And I think once you read it, as I'm reading it now, is it's going to uh, spark your curiosity about an art that can help you in mind, body, and soul. So um, before we went to the break, before I forget, our audience heard Great River which happens to be a town here on Long Island as well, uh, that Bill uh, had had recorded for us. So Bill, tell me about Great River. So Great River started, you know, by passing the town of Great River by train. Um, and every time I would pass that sign, I could hear the phrase musically. And okay. so I, and, and had it tucked away for, you know, a really long time. I didn't do anything with it. I was like, that's, that's a, that's a song, you know, it's a song title there. So, uh, so I did, um, what I wanted to do with it was use, you know, great river, uh, metaphorically, right. Which is like the flow of life. So mm -hmm. uh, a lot of what, what is in that song is, uh, really, uh, there's a narrative progression, uh, almost through time where um, 
you know, the narrator is is looking for the answers of life. And I've drawn on, you know, various um, influences, both musical and, and through literature. Um, you know, the one line, um, if God's truth is life. Well, the Irish poet Patrick Kavanaugh stated God's truth is life. And okay. so I... And, and I sort of question it. I say, okay, well, you know, if God's truth is life, then let me hear that lesson. What is it that we're trying? So it's, you know, it's really about trying to understand what one's life could be uh, and that it's not always perfect, but you have to continue your journey. Yep. And it, it's, it's how you... Um... I mean, I heard this and it reminded me this past weekend, um, Stephen Colbert was being interviewed by the gentleman from CNN, who escapes me at the moment. Uh, and Stephen Colbert had an incident where his, his father and brother died in a horrific car accident. And uh, he said, everything's a gift. Anderson Cooper was the interview. I got choked up during the interview and he said, really? Do you really believe that? And he said, yeah, I believe it. I said, I accept life. So I have to accept that life comes with suffering. It's just, that's the reality of it. And, and he was trying to grapple with that. And what, and I'm paraphrasing here, he said, you know, through everyone's different suffering as, as we hopefully get through it and have things to help us get through it. He goes, the gift or the blessing of that was the empathy that was born in him for other people who have gone through similar things. So it was a, it's just an interesting perspective. But now learning about Tai Chi and uh, an art that can help me balance my life and pull things together um, is very hopeful to me. Uh, and I'm, I haven't finished the book. I'm going to continue reading it because I, I get it has that thread of hope uh, through it to, to kind of uh, kindle in people's uh, chi. To uh, to find that energy, and uh, no matter how old you are, till you're done, till your dying day. Yeah. Before the break, I spoke about I read in your book about developing your own mantra, and then of course I think about myself because of my favorite subject. And one of the taglines, and I don't even know, I probably stole parts of it, but nothing's too original. Where I my mantra, at least in the podcast, and maybe it should be for life, is um, be generous with your joy. Keep your spirits high and let the music take you on the journey. And I thought it was just like more of a marketing thing. But as I read about a mantra, maybe there's some lessons in there for me. So maybe you want to talk to us about developing a mantra. Yeah. Um, and, yeah and I think, yeah, I think for you, it's not a marketing thing because it's really coming from a genuine place. Um, you know, for me, um, it, you know, I, uh, I annotate all the books I read. Uh, and, and I'm always, you know, I'm always using that to learn. So um, for me, the next step was, you know, how do I now, how do I bridge that? How do I actualize these things? And um, so in Inner Secrets, very, very early on, I, I kind of walked the reader through the process so that you can extract words and you can play with the arrangement so that you come up with something that's memorable to you. And it, mm -hmm. and it can be your own thing. And, um, you know, through the years, 
um, through through the ups and downs of, of my life, you know, I, I've kind of created these little phrases that um, represent certain things and certain ideas. So um, when I was, um, I had met a Buddhist monk and, and we were talking and, um, you know, I had learned some Buddhist chants, but okay. one of the things I had said to him was, um, you know, they're your words and I don't understand them. So if I'm, if I don't understand them, then I'm really just making a sound, um, which on a physical level can be beneficial, which is a whole other thing. But, but the meaning of those words that didn't hold for me, but, the, but then I, I shared a mantra that I, I had created, which I think the, that one was, um, moving through life with awareness of the time I have living uh, as an artist of life. And so I uh, actually it was flowing through changes with awareness of the time I have living as an artist of life. That was the mantra. And so, you know, awareness of the time I have, right, is pretty explanatory uh, and flowing through changes because you know, we're all dealing with turmoil uh, at some level, but we're all creative beings and we can create our lives. And so it was just a simple way. Um, one of the things that I've, I've come out with recently that I'm, I'm writing in a lot of the books that I've been signing is... Um, Embrace the unknown, flow with change. This is the lesson of Tai Chi. And, um, you know, one of the things that I, I, I've learned and realized is that I'm, what creates a lot of stress and anxiety with people is fear of the unknown. It's, it's that it's stepping out and um, that it's, uh, it's not easy for a lot of people to do. Um, and again, looking at the headlines, everybody says, well, where is this all going? You know, we don't know. So... Um, so learning how to really deal with the unknown is, is probably one of the greatest lessons all of us can learn. Uh, and, and if we start to master that, uh, you know, we, we don't want to be a victim of change. We want to be a master of change. And the only mm -hmm. way to be a master of change is, is by training yourself to deal with it. Um, and so I think artists are probably, you know, uh, more predisposed to doing things like that. Uh, as opposed to people that might live other ways of life. Uh, surfers tend to be really good at change. They, they, they have to, right. to ride the waves. They have to adapt. To how to adapt. And yeah. um, so I find like if I do Tai Chi with a surfer, that they, you know, they get pretty quick. You know, you know, it's interesting. And, and you brought it up, you know, about <clears throat> being present. You know, that, that's been on my mind. And then, you know, the lesson I take from a mantra is, I need, I need constant, I need to remind myself about certain things, you know, how to not overreact, how not to let someone's, um, anger, uh, you know, uh, drive me crazy. Uh, there's no other way to put it, you know, how, how to manage that. And there's, there's choices that we can make, but I think what, at least the lesson I'm hearing in a mantra is these reminders in a subtle phrase that's true to yourself that helps you helps your being, you know, uh, you know, I'm a pretty upbeat guy. Most of the time, not all the time confession. Um, I love doing this podcast. You know why I get to be present with bill right now for the time that we, we get to spend together. And I can look back in the past 20 years and ask myself, 
how many meaningful hour filled conversations have you had with the people you love that you've known for 20 years? Sometimes I'm a little sad about it. And there are certain friends I have that we can go deep and other friends, not so deep, but that's okay too. It's just, uh, you know, a choice, you know, so, uh, just really that's some great, great lessons. What's that again, Bill? It, it, having having friends with different levels of depth or interest is, is part of the fabric of our right. lives. Right? You know, they, they can't all be the same. And we don't want so, them, you know. Uh, it's like, you know, I, I look at it as, you know, they bring out different parts of us. Um, and it's mm. like thousands of a diamond, you know, to look at it different ways. Good point. So let's talk. Let's talk about where can people get inner secrets, uh, Bill. So, um, so, so, inner secrets you can order at uh, any local bookstore. Which, uh, if you if you can, if you have a local bookstore, then I, I would ask you to to start there. But in the absence of that, uh, the book is available through Amazon, through Barnes and Noble. Uh, it's being distributed in 39 countries, so it should be easy to find. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's 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 available and accessible. Yeah, and we'll have links uh, to find out more information about Bill, uh, about Tai Chi. Uh, you do lessons uh, still and speaking engagements. You've recently done a, a book signing. Signing. I'm sure you're going to have more of that coming up. So we'll have Bill's website. You'll also find information on uh, gigdestiny.com and right in the description of the podcast that you're listening to or watching now. Uh, please pick up the book. I can only attest. I'm just about a third of the way through and, and uh, this is going to be my weekend read for sure. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to it. Bill, I really want to thank you for your time. I know we changed things up. Uh, here on the Long Island Sound, but hey, you never know what, you know, it's a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get here. And uh, and we're here to explore uh, life and how to improve ourselves and, and uh, live in harmony uh, with each other and, and with nature. So uh, thanks for being here, Bill. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to see you. All right. We'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate the time you spent with us. Please subscribe and comment and visit us at gigdestiny.com. Till next time, be generous with your joy, keep your spirits high, and let the music take you on a journey. Be well. Peace. Peace.